0: pushkin
1: bp
2: added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy last year by making investments from coast to coast investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tight Knit Brewing. They turn
3: to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards
0: and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at ChaseForBusiness.com.
3: Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices.
0: Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.
3: Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at t slash now.
2: I'm Andrea Chang, and I wrote, The Poker Cheating Investigation is Over. Here's what it uncovered for the LA Times and it's the story of the week.
0: In 2005, Playboy magazine got me a seat at the largest tournament in the World Poker Tour, which took place on a Holland America cruise to Mexico. There was $7.5 million in prize money. And I, as you can tell by the fact that I'm doing a podcast, did not win. But I did survive for eight hours, thereby making it to the final third of the competition. And then I made a mistake. Back then, poker players wore sunglasses and these scrunched-up hoodies and earphones. Basically, everyone looked like the Unabomber. No one talked. It was not a lot of fun. So around the eighth hour, I called a bluff from the guy from Chicago at my table, and it really pissed him off. So he started peppering me with questions. I told him I was a reporter for Playboy, which did two things. It made him realize that I sucked and he could push me around, and it got me the nickname Playboy for the rest of the cruise which was awesome. But poker today is different. Just like everything else on social media, everybody wants to perform. Everyone's trash-talking and oversharing and jockeying for attention. Everybody's playboy. Especially the subject of this week's story, Robbie Jade Liu, who won the most suspicious hand since Wild Bill Hickok pulled aces and eights in Deadwood.
1: Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein So it turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation filled with information, it's a story of
0: Sexism, fame, slut-shaming, it all got wrapped up into one live-stream poker game. And one hand in particular, where a woman decided to bet more than $100,000 against all odds. Andrea Chang of the LA Times got more access to this story than any other reporter. Andrea, I'm so excited to talk about poker. Me too. Thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. This story, it all takes place during this one hand of poker, back on September 29th at the Hustler Casino, right? Correct. You know, this whole idea of Hustler just kind of turns me off of the casino. Is there like a porny kind of element to it, like in the cocktail waitresses or anything, or it's just a normal casino?
2: (laughs) No porny element the times that I've been there. Um, It's just more like the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. Like, that's the vibe. Oh,
0: I've played there.
2: Okay. Yeah, like a plush, sparkly kind of place.
0: And they now host on YouTube the most popular streamed poker game in the country. And while this particular hand is going on, there are 20,000 people watching live on YouTube, right?
2: Right. They call it a live stream, but because there is a few hour delay, I call it a streamed poker show. It happens every weeknight, Mondays through Fridays, and in a very short amount of time. I mean, it's only been on air for less than a year and a half at this point, and it's just like become this massive success for people who like to watch poker on YouTube.
0: Why is this one particularly compelling?
2: I think that for other shows, other poker shows, they're kind of more buttoned up and serious. There's not a lot of table chatter. You don't really know who you're going to get at any particular table. Whereas with Hustler Casino Live, it's heavily curated. So they have these producers who are in charge of picking colorful personalities Everyone knows how to play poker, but a lot of the players are like they can be YouTube stars. They can be professional sports players. They can be recreational players who are known to be kind of terrible, but like to bet big.
0: It's like a hot mess of poker, right? Like, I looked online, and there was Poker Bunny and Dr. Mr. Batman. They were, like, people you'd find at Comic-Con.
2: Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, so a few weeks ago, there was a player who likes to go by sashimi, and she wore... It was like a fake... It was like prosthetic breasts with, like, a nipple showing. Okay. And the thing is, when you're watching on YouTube, you couldn't tell that it was fake. And you're right. It ends up being a little bit of a spectacle,
0: well, this explains a little bit of what happened because it's a table full of people. The two people who wind up being at the heart of this thing are very different types. One of them is Garrett Edelstein, who's like the most popular player on this stream show, right?
2: Yeah. So Garrett, and actually, Garrett goes by Garrett Adelstein. I'm uh, sorry. Even it's steam. Correct the no, no, Jew no, like... on the pronunciation of Adelstein. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So Garrett is actually one of the best cash game poker players in the world. And he also became the face of Hustler Casino Live, one of the most regular players, one of the most winningest players on the show, you know, known to be, like, upstanding, straight shooter.
0: He'd been on Survivor, the TV show, right?
2: Yeah, he was a 2013 Survivor contestant.
0: And one of the other players at the table is... Relatively an amateur, like she literally learned to play during COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's Robbie Jade Liu.
2: Yeah, so Robbie came out of nowhere on the Hustler Casino Live. She used to be a biopharmaceuticals rep. She was born in Saudi Arabia. Uh, her mom was a doctor. father was a physicist. Um, I oh. do think she was pretty well off. She has an open Instagram, so she puts herself out there mm-hmm. in the bikini shots, the, the incredible exotic vacations, The cadre of beautiful women that she's friends with, living in Pacific Palisades, having two little dogs, right? So she certainly seems to live a certain West L.A. lifestyle.
0: She's a little bit of an Angelina Jolie look. And she dresses very uh, provocatively when she plays poker, at least, right?
2: Yes, definitely when she plays poker, she does. And so after my first story ran, there was all these people on Twitter being like, hey, when this turns into a movie, Angelina Jolie should totally play her. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so on that day when they're playing on this hand, Garrett bets on, on, you know, his hands, uh, his two cards that no one's seen, and everyone else folds except her, and he has a a pretty good hand. It could develop into a pretty good hand. She does not. She has a hand that really can't go anywhere, and he keeps increasing his betting, and she stays in, even though her hand isn't getting any better, Mm And he's got a huge stack of money in front of him, like over $800,000. She's got about 130000 So he can bully her a little bit at the table. Then he forces her all in. If she's going to call him on his bet, she has to put all of her money in. And there's no rational reason, given her hand and her lack of knowledge about what he does, for her to go in. She can't bluff because he's he's the aggressive one. All she can do is match him. So there's no logic to what she does, right?
2: Right. And I think that's exactly why Garrett and other people immediately flagged it as suspicious because her hand from the start was pretty terrible. Even for people, I think, who don't play poker, if your two whole cards, your two hidden cards are what Robbie had, which was the jack of clubs and the four of hearts, that's that's pretty terrible to start off with it's crap crap, Yeah. yeah and Garrett has the seven and eight of clubs and then you know there's a lot of context for this as well too right she's a new player he's established as one of the best and he's from the outset betting incredibly aggressively I mean he's known to do that but he is certainly acting as though he has something and it'd be one thing if she also had a hand but she didn't
0: Right, because then she could think she's calling his bluff if she believes he's bluffing. But when you have nothing, you can't call someone's bluff.
2: Right, that's exactly right. She's changed her story a couple of times. At one point, she said she misread her cards and actually thought she had a pair as opposed to what she really had, which was crap.
0: What does misread your cards mean when you're betting for $269,000? Like... I have right. never bet more than like $10 and not known exactly what my cards were underneath. And if I didn't, I looked again.
2: Totally. So she, like I said, she had the jack of clubs and the four of hearts. After the hand, she tried to say that she thought that that four was a three. So if she had had a jack and a what? three, there was a three on the board. And then she would have had a pair. That's still crap. It's Yeah, it is. It is still crap.
0: Okay. So then the dealer shows the last card of the hand, which is the moment when she wins, which I Let me just explain this for all the non degenerates who don't play poker. When the final shared card is turned over, Garrett doesn't get to hit his big hand. So, uh, when they both turn over their two hidden cards, everybody sees that neither of them have anything. And at that point, the person who's just holding the highest card wins, she's holding a Jack, which beats his eight. So what happens when it's all over and Garrett finally sees her hand,
2: this clip has gone viral you know on youtube it's been watched millions of times as soon as she turns over her cards you see garrett's expression just completely change. it looks like he's seen a ghost he starts looking around almost like he's like dizzy like he cannot believe what has just happened but
0: what is robbie's reaction after her win and and what's like the atmosphere in the room at that point
2: Yeah. So the entire table is shocked. I mean, Garrett, of course, most of all, but everyone else at the table is like, oh my God, you know, I think someone's like, now that's poker. And then Robbie's sitting there, she's smiling. She then starts to say a bunch of stuff that is a little strange. Like at one point she's like, I'm a bluff catcher. Like, I knew you had shit. You've Hmm. done this to me before. Then she's like, later says she like misread her hand. So she's not being, her reaction is a little bit inconsistent. And then we find out later that he and Robbie and the producer of the show go off to one area of Hustler and they have a conversation. And the two of them, I've spoken to them both about what happened in that hallway. Their versions are slightly different. But ultimately, you know, what happened was Robbie gave back Garrett's half of the pot, which further raised suspicions because it was like, well, if you won fair and square, why would you offer to give the money back?
0: Which she gave him all of his money back.
2: She gave him, yeah, $135,000 back. Half the pot.
0: That doesn't even happen like on Deadwood if someone pulls out a gun. It's... (laughs) That's giving back money is almost more against the rules than actual cheating in poker.
2: Yeah, so the giving back, and there are a few things on the Robbie end that look strange besides the play. But but one of them was the offer to give back the money. And when I talked to her about it, what she said also on Twitter or whatever, she's like, I have a lot of money, it's not a big deal. I just wanted the game to continue going. So I just thought if I gave him his money back, we could just sit down and it would all blow over.
0: So a few hours after this event, Garrett posts this long Notes app screenshot on Twitter. By the way, nothing good ever happens after a Notes app screenshot on Twitter, in, in which he accuses her of cheating for the first time. And what exactly does he say
2: there? He said, I'm well aware that the scariest easiest way for someone to cheat a live stream is to have a device hidden that simply vibrates to indicate you have the best hand.
0: And why is this thing on delay? Is that to prevent cheating? Like, why is it aired two hours later? Yes. Okay.
2: That's exactly why. Yeah.
0: So how could she have cheated in a taped situation like this?
2: Right. So like back in the day, if you ever watch the World Series of Poker on television, each player used to like furtively like flip up their cards. You might see like a little corner of an ace, a little corner of a king. Fine. But now they use RFID. And what that means is that Your two whole cards, the two hidden cards, the unique rank and suit can be transmitted to a receiver without you ever having to flip up your cards and show it to a camera. Well, the show has a control room and there are production employees in the control room who can see every single player's cards, right? So there is certainly a way, and this is what Garrett suspected, that someone in the control room could see his cards and Ronald's cards and then signal to Robbie and or an accomplice what everyone has. And there is in fact a point when it kind of looks like she's shaking or the chair is shaking and people are like, see, she was being signaled that she had the best hand.
0: Okay. So, wait, so to, you can see what the cards are in the control room. In fact, it's on monitors there. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's working on the show can see it. Correct. So the question is how do you give that information to Robbie, and that's the confusing part, right?
2: Right, right, so then people, again, these, this is all supposition, people were like, she must have some sort of device on her. And then, again, people looking at, carefully looking at what she was wearing that day, You, if you see it on Twitter, people are like, there's a bulge in her leggings. She's wearing these Fendi leggings, and people zoomed in and froze the screen grab, and they're like, something's in her leg, like on her thigh. Oh. And they were thinking that it was like a buzzing device and that the production employee could just send her a buzzing signal that just simply said, like, you're good. As opposed to being like, he's got the seven and the eight or whatever, but just simply that you're good. And then it was like, okay, maybe that explains why she stayed in, even though to the viewer, you're like, how the hell could you stay in with the cards that you have? Because all she the only information she was being signaled was that you're ahead. Again, this is totally rampant speculation, but that's what people were thinking with the bulge and the buzzing and the hidden camera and all of these things.
0: In the chess cheating scandal, everyone assumed he had a vibrating butt plug, but there's no butt plug talk this time <laughs> in the poker scandal, right?
2: Yeah. There, there was no there was no vibrating butt plug. <laughs> Good for
0: you, hustler poker fans, for not going there compared to the chess, the yeah. dirty chess people. How did you get in touch with Robbie?
2: My editor and I were chatting and he was saying, you know, she lives in Pacific Palisades. Like you should see if she'll if she'll chat with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like typically in situations like this, when someone's been accused of cheating by someone high profile, they're probably not dying to like hop on the phone to talk. But I was like, sure. I DM'd her over Twitter and over Instagram. And the next day she had written me back and she said, sure, let's chat. So we got on the phone later that day and she immediately was just like, I'm going to clear my name. Everyone's saying that I cheated by using, having a hidden camera in my $120,000 ring. And I'm going to prove them wrong because tomorrow I'm going to go to my jeweler in Beverly Hills and he's going to scan my ring and show that there's not a hidden camera inside. And I said, oh, this is happening tomorrow? And she said, yeah. And I said, can I come with you? And she said, okay. Okay. And I asked her, am like, can I bring a photographer? And you know, again, as a reporter for pretty long, usually you tend to get some pushback. And with her, everything was like, sure, come with me to the jeweler, bring your photographer. Um, and the three of us met the next day her husband also joined at the jewelry store and, and there was no hidden camera in her ring uh, as expected.
0: <laughs> there are only a few possibilities here. Either she cheated She misread her cards, or she's the ballsiest, luckiest person ever to play live poker. And the poker community was going to do whatever it took to find out. But first, our advertisers are going to try and cheat you out of your money in a very sophisticated way. The world of poker went into a paranoid frenzy over Robbie Jade Lou's win. People in the poker community are so incensed by this that they raised a $250,000 bounty for any information about her cheating.
2: Right, they were incensed, and then there was also just this huge curiosity about what happened, and a lot of people banded together and yeah, all told quarter million dollar bounty.
0: Which which turned up nothing, right?
2: Yeah, so then several weeks later, co-owner of Hustler Casino Live said that they were gonna launch an investigation to look into these cheating allegations
0: And okay, so this investigation they do, they like tear up the joint, right? Like they take apart the table and the room. They're just looking for anything.
2: Yes. Yeah. So it was a nearly three month investigation and High Stakes Poker Productions, which is the production company behind Hustler Casino Live. They ended up hiring like a PI firm, a tech firm, a law firm.
0: And what's their conclusion?
2: Well, it concluded with no findings of wrongdoing against Robbie or, or anyone else, um, but that it doesn't mean that no wrongdoing occurred, right? And the quote was, and it means that the investigation failed to find credible evidence. So in that sense, it was a little bit open-ended.
0: But they found two insanely suspicious things. The first is that Robbie's stack of money wasn't hers. She was staked, which isn't a weird thing in poker. People stake players all the time but she was staked by someone else at the table that they're playing with. So that's cheating in and of itself. You can't have two people in cahoots against everyone else and not telling anyone.
2: Yeah, so that came out. There's this other player at the table. His name is Jacob. Um, He goes by Rip. He was playing at the table that night and it came out later that he gave her the money to play that night. It is strange in the sense that she was telling me that she has so much money herself. And like there is... There's some clips that just don't look good. Like, it's clear that Robbie and Rip are communicating during the game. Like, at one point, it totally looks like she's mouthing, like, her cards to Rip. (gasps) Um, So, yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's that's cheating.
2: Yeah. I mean, it definitely should not be happening.
0: And there's something even more suspicious, which is this 24-year-old producer of this stream, this episode. After the whole uh, game's over, he takes $15,000 in chips from Lou's stack, right?
2: This guy named Brian Sagbixal, after cameras stopped filming that night for the show, he walked up to that poker table when Robbie was away from her chip stack and he swiped three $5,000 chips from her chip stack. This is very suspicious. First, that a production employee would steal $15,000 from any player, and that that player would be Robbie, and that it happened on the night of the hand in question. Right? So that immediately flipped a lot of people from Team Robbie to Team Garrett. Robbie then came out and said she does not know Brian. She's never spoken with him, had no idea who he was and that it was just a complete coincidence. People were like, you guys follow each other on Twitter. She's like, I follow a lot of people who follow me on Twitter. Um, And then separately said she wasn't going to press charges or file a police report against Brian. And that further led people to be like, why wouldn't you file a police report against someone who stole $15,000 from you? And she's like, well, she'd found out that he, he was in financial straits and like, had no priors, which ended up not being true. And again, came out with, I don't need the money. But he did, yes. He had an extensive criminal record.
0: And he had access to see the cards to the RFID signals, right?
2: That's exactly right. He was the one who could see all the cards.
0: And where is he now?
2: That is an excellent question. Everyone wants to know where Brian is because Robbie changed her tune. A lot of people obviously came after her and said, how could you not file report against this guy. He stole from you. And it looks suspicious. Like you guys are in cahoots. The fact that you're like letting him go free. So she, about a week or so later, changed her mind, contacted Gardena PD and did file a police report. They then did their own investigation. And several weeks later, uh, tried to arrest Brian. They were unable to find Brian, even though I had found Brian a few weeks prior in Long Beach at his, (laughs) yes, at his then girlfriend's house. I got a list of potential addresses from our librarian at the LA Times. One of them was in Long Beach. So one weekend I just drove down there and knocked on the door and a man answered it, like an older man. And I was like, hey, is Brian Sagbussol home? And he was like, let me check. And then he like closes the door and I hear him inside being like, Brian, Brian. And he comes back. He's like, that's weird. Um, They were just here earlier, but I guess they left. I'm like, who's they? And he was like, and I said, is Brian your son? He's like, no, no, no. He's my daughter's boyfriend. And I was like, oh, so he just lives here with you guys. And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, well, um, I'm Andrea Chang. And I introduced myself, told him why I'd swung by and said, if you could like let him know that I came and I'll leave you my phone number. As we're doing this, a car pulls up. And the dad looks and he goes, Oh, that's them. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. So we go down the driveway standing on the sidewalk. Um, and you know, I introduce myself to Brian. I tell him why I'm there, just trying to seek any sort of comment to see if he wants to talk about what happened. And he's like, I don't want to answer any questions. And I said, okay, I understand. Um, I'll leave you my phone number in case you change your mind. And I do that rip, Piece of paper from my reporter's notebook scroll my phone number and my email address and get back into my car and as i'm leaving he's standing in the middle of the street taking photos of my car uh and i roll down my window and i'm like what are you doing and then he shoves his phone like into my car like up against my face and takes a photo and he's like if you don't leave right now we're going to follow you. No. He was like, you know, we're going to follow you to wherever you go next. And I'm like, I'm getting tacos. So, if you want to come, that's <laughs> fine. I'm like, oh, lovely. What? <laughs> so, yeah, that was my interaction with Brian. So, I left very quickly and uh, a few weeks later when Gardena PD tried to get him they couldn't find him. And the funny thing is, and I, I never detailed this in my stories either, but it's hilarious. And maybe really goes to show you what Gardena PD is like. Yeah. They called me that day and asked if I could help them find him. <laughs> like, they're like, we're wondering what was the address of the house that you went oh, to? I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Yeah. They were like, well, we just want to make sure we have the right address. I'm like, oh my God. And now there is an arrest warrant out for Brian, but he's still, as of today, unfound. So-
0: the one thing I really struggle with in this story is it's it's
2: clearly
0: loaded with implications of gender because of the way she presents herself and the way people reacted to it. But I can't parse out like the politics of this. I, I, for some reason, I can't get my hands on.
2: I think at the beginning that feminists were 100 percent behind Robbie. Okay. Right. Like they're like yeah. poker has has had a, a problem for it's entire history. And I've spoke with a lot of like female poker players during the course of reporting. And they were like, I never have felt welcome at tables, right? Either it's the little comments or um, it's like a male dominated game. And Robbie at least has, has like given us more exposure. And then others are like, well, I don't know if this is the exposure we necessarily wanted. But yeah, I mean, poker wants to have more women in the game. Like Hustler Casino Live is a good example. Like if you're like a woman, you have a better shot at getting on the show.
0: There's no better way to bring women into the game than calling your casino Hustler Casino Live.
2: <laughs> you're after this. You're gonna go to Hustler. Like you've got to go. And what do you mean after this? I've been in the car
0: it. the whole podcast. You're,
2: <laughs> you're there. You're in the parking lot trying to get me off so you can go play and not have to chat with me anymore. <laughs>
0: Andrea Chang you wrote the story the poker cheating investigation is over here's what it uncovered for the LA Times and uh, I think as you can tell I loved it I hope you stay on the poker beat forever
2: thank you me too and this was a lot of fun thanks for having me on
0: listen maybe she got a signal maybe she didn't maybe it was just luck if I know the Gardena police department we will never have a good answer but Robbie's undoing wasn't the way she played It was that she didn't take her winnings and keep quiet. She didn't know when to walk away and when to run. Now cue that Kenny Rogers song that my Gen Z producers say no one's ever heard of.
1: At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our
0: show today was produced by Mo Labord and Nisha Venkat. It was edited by Robert Smith. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznick. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. Was she one of those L.A. people... Maybe, maybe this is all LA people, including me, who just want to be famous.
2: You want to be famous?
0: (laughs) Why else would you do a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Next week, how the Bonnie and Clyde of the art looting world left a sloppy colonialist breadcrumb trail.
1: who get it done.